What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Weekend at Hernie's. This is episode five. Uh, we just had the Chargers game this week. Looking forward to the Cardinals game coming up. I'm here with uh, Chase Pletcher. How you doing, Chase? I'm good. Um, you know, just chilling, watching some playoff baseball. Watching some playoff. Oh, the Braves. Yeah, how about uh, the Braves? Yeah, I didn't get to watch, but I got the notification of a walk-off in, what, like the 13th? Yeah, probably like five-hour games, so that was cool. <laughs> hey, can't beat it. Um, yeah, so we're coming off, uh, we're coming off a little win here. Uh, we just played yeah. uh, Los Angeles Chargers. A little, I mean, not, we kind of, we, we, what we say last week? We predicted losses, but we said that there was a route to a win. So, yeah, it, you know, all good. Yeah, and maybe in the season prediction, I feel like maybe one of us predicted a win. Maybe not. I could be completely wrong, but like I feel like we even mentioned that this was a possible win. I mean, mm-hmm. and and it happened. I, I was surprised after seeing how the Chargers did against the Chiefs that we ended up winning because I think that that game, how they performed against the Chiefs the week prior and week two, that to me was kind of like okay, well we're not going to win this. But I mean, yeah. I guess when, you know when you're facing a rookie QB. Though the mistakes that happened that he made, you know, can always happen against a young QB, even to a bad defense. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really what it boiled down to. It's just they they made mis- they made the mistakes, turned it over. We really didn't. So. Yeah, I remember saying that one of our our keys to possibly winning last week would be um, getting to Herbert and forcing him to give us some turnovers, and we could come out with a win. And that's what happened. We'll get to that uh, a little bit in a little bit. For now, everyone, jump to some quick news uh, today. Uh, with some not some players not practicing, uh, Russell Okun, Gross Matos, and Derek Brown, which is non-injury related. So hopefully, Gross Matos and Okun can get healthy. I don't know if we really want to see Okun healthy, but what else do we got? <laughs> I mean, what what, what um, we have is a uh, Greg Little, who it's bad. That's really the oh, best yeah, way to put it about that. Um, is bad. We'll get to him for sure. <laughs> with a uh, gross Matos, I because uh, I noticed he's not practicing. I feel like he's kind of had an unlucky start to his career so far. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he kind of got he ended up got that concussion after week one during practice, and now he's injured a little bit again. And I feel like he's just had a couple bad moments that really stand out. Um, that's kind of outweigh maybe like him trying to improve on like the place where that doesn't happen. He had that really bad penalty on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it was for. I hate that. I, I don't know why I forget, but it was like one of those just really bad penalty. And so I just feel like he's kind of got an unlucky start to his career so far, but really yeah. I don't, I'm not like worried or anything. Yeah, no, I remember seeing him chasing down a receiver or something like that, saving a pretty big play. I don't remember what happened, but Remember somebody was crossing field and he was hot pursuit to stop that. So that was good to see. So hopefully it doesn't linger on him and he can keep his head up. We uh, we got high potential for him. So uh, what else? KK Shore limited in practice, so he may be available on Sunday. So that's good. Um, others limited: Jeremy Chin, Dennis Daly, and Dante Jackson. Don't know what's up with them, but at least they're going. And also um, former future. Third, uh, third string wide receiver Hakeem Butler was claimed off of our uh, uh, practice squad by the Eagles. Um, they called him a tight end. So, um, yeah, that happened. <laughs> any thoughts yeah. on Hakeem? Any thoughts on Hakeem Butler? Well, I would just like to say, 
I'm very surprised he wasn't able to win the wide receiver three position on the team. I'm absolutely shocked that Keem Butler couldn't give Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, whoever, a run for their money for wide receiver three. I don't know who could have seen it coming that Mm. he wouldn't be able to compete and make the roster, but I'm shocked he didn't. And I'm even more shocked that the guy that can't run any routes looks exa- runs routes exactly like Kelvin Benjamin got moved to tight end for the new team that picked him up. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely the least surprising thing we've seen. I saw someone tweet that uh, they're going to try to turn him into to Darren Waller. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Don't know what's don't know what's happening in Philly, but that's probably not going to happen. But that is no longer our problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know if the Darren Waller thing was just like, oh, this guy is too slow to play wide receiver, so they moved him to tight end. So now he'll look fast for a tight end. Like, that's really not how that works. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think he could be Jason Witten. Um, and we've all watched Jason Witten. He has about five yards after the catch in his entire career. Um, and I don't even think Hakeem Butler can be that. <laughs> Definitely not. Anything else uh, news-related? I don't think. Um, no, no, I don't think there's really anything else. Um, all right. Well, let's get into the uh, let's get into the heat of this Chargers game. Um, so, as we said, Carolina took the win, um, first win of the season. Congrats to Coach Rule, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Panthers twenty-one, Chargers sixteen. Pretty. Uh, I mean, not the not the coolest game to watch in the world. No, not a lot at all. of field goes on our end. Yeah, a lot of field goes on our end. I don't even know how much, but we have one touchdown. Um, yeah. Chargers were relatively sloppy compared to last week. Like you said, they played pretty well against the Chiefs. They came out this week against a far less opponent than us, and we get what one interception off Herbert and two fumbles, I believe. Um. If he, I, th- I think as a team they fumbled twice. I think one of them was a receiver. Maybe it was Keenan Allen. Oh, um, it was the running back. The yeah, running back. it was uh, Kelly. Yeah, 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 Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that was it. Was kind of odd. It was a weird game to watch. Kind of, I hate to say this, but it was kind of boring. Um, mm-hmm. I had a friend that was we were watching the game with. He was like, "I'm about to leave and just go home and take a nap." And he's like a diehard Panther. <laughs> but um, no, it was it was a weird game. And you brought this up a few days ago when we were talking. It was it kind of felt like a little bit lower scoring version of it, kind of like that Titans game from last year. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. we didn't really outplay them, or it didn't feel like we did. But they just kept they turned it over, they turned it over, they turned it over. They didn't capitalize on our mistakes at all. It was just kind of a weird game. And then the final score ran out, and we had the higher score. Mm-hmm. Like the the time ran out of the game, and we looked up at the score. We're like, oh, we won. We have the higher score. That's kind of what that game felt like. Yeah, uh, that Titans game last year was definitely like the sloppiest game. I remember saying like they when we played them last year, they looked like the worst team in the league, and then they went on to go to the AFC Championship. <laughs> so it was like the most bizarre thing. <laughs> so watch uh, out for the I Chargers. Mean, I they, yeah, I, I don't know if they'll quite get to those heights, um, but it's, I mean, we've been saying that they have a really deep roster, and so I mean, they were going through a couple injuries um, this week. Obviously, Tyrod not playing again. I mean, Herbert was. You know, Herbert was more than capable this week. I thought he played relatively well. Kind of like the Titans. Tannehill played pretty well against his two, but the rest of the team was just sloppy. They had a good bit of drops, uh, penalties pushing them back. Um, 
all that. Keenan Allen looked pretty good, though. He was probably the one of the main steady points of that offense. Um, not too surprising. Um, but, yeah, um, we definitely kind of lucked our way into a win. We It's kind of trending on now into week three with us just not taking our chances on offense. Um, at least our opportunities, rather. It seems we get into the red zone and we kind of just we just elect for a field goal each every single time. Yeah. Uh, the blame on that can be placed in several places, I would say, so far. Um, yeah. We'll probably get into that a little bit later, but definitely interesting game. Yeah, it was, yeah, like, yeah, but, um, ah, sorry, I got like tongue tied there. I forgot what I was going to say. But, um, I will say, you know, like we were talking about defensively, that was by, like, blown away from, like, our pass rush compared to the first mm-hmm. two games. That, like, I mean, the Chargers O line probably isn't good in the first place, but it's ridiculous. We had one quarterback hit through two games. We had eight, I believe, on, uh, Sunday. It was, I mean, I, I was kind of stunned, but Brian Burns just tore things up. Yeah, no, Burns is definitely looking like the beast that we thought he was last year. Um, I pulled up this stat. I don't know if you looked at it yet, or I sent it in the chat earlier, but yeah. it says uh, Seth Walder, um, uh, run stop win rate while at the edge by pass rush win rate. Burns is, it looks like, third in pass rush win rate behind some guy named Hughes and TJ Watt, it looks like. So definitely getting a lot of production from him so far. I mean, I was saying last week that he's getting there, but he just wasn't quite capitalizing just yet. This week he got home. uh, He got the forced fumble, right? Yep. Yeah, so he got home this week with a sack and forced fumble. And pretty much all game, like he was just beating his man every single time. Um, He looks really good. Yeah, he, he his like ability to get low to the ground and just make and just like kind of just cut off his uh, blocker as soon as he gets an edge on him is just incredible. I mean, we were talking about weeks one and two, especially week two. You'd pointed out that it felt like he was getting really close to making a play happen against Brady. So he was getting close, 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 and you know part of that's just. Uh, Brady gets the ball out quick, so Brady knows when somebody's getting close. But like, he definitely yeah. took advantage of that against Herbert and that offensive line. I mean, it was it was great to see. Um, he has to. I mean, especially with KK hurt, like he has to be our best defensive player. I mean, yeah, J- Jeremy no Chin has definitely. been awesome, but like Burns has already established himself. He is our best defensive player. Yeah, they him and Jeremy Chen are one and two. Chen is playing pretty well. We'll get to him in a second. Um, also, kudos to Marquise Haynes for getting us on the, on the sack board. Yeah. He had a pretty nice uh, little stunt to the inside. Free run straight at Herbert. Hell of a hit on him. Um, it was pretty good. It was good to see them get after Herbert, too, because Herbert is like, I don't want to use the word deceptively fast because, you know, <laughs> like quarterback, whatever. But he is a pretty athletic quarterback. He's so not the he's most moving around the pocket guy. like pretty well. Yeah, yeah, he's moving around the pocket like pretty well. Like surprisingly enough, he has like pretty solid pocket awareness. I would say, judging off that game alone. So yeah. definitely good to see them trouble him all day, pretty much. Um, Derek Brown, he showed some a couple flashes. I would say in the in the run game, I saw him get a lot a lot of good pushes and yeah. stuff up a few plays. Um, so he's showing up pretty well. Yeah, I don't know if we're blitzing a lot still. I don't know if you saw this, but 
it looks like statistically we're still ranking at the at the bottom. Yeah, we are. But we are getting good getting enough wins. pressure without yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean that's that's what you want to see. Um, it's good and all to build a blitz and get pressure, but I've talked about this for years. Is it's like if you have to blitz to get pressure, that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like. It's it's like a I can't really think of a good comparison, but like blitzing and being able to get pressure is a great trait to have. But if you have to blitz to just get the pressure, you're probably not as good as you think. And I don't remember what team it is. I want to say it might be the Ravens that are actually having that issue, where it's like they're just blitzing so much, and that's why they're getting all their pressures. It's like they're not just legitimately uh-huh. just inherently a good defensive line but yeah no so it's kind of good to see that you know it feels like we're steering in the right direction because those first two weeks really had me worried because the defensive line for me has been an issue for years I think even when Peppers was here people kind of loved their D-line because we we were up there in sack numbers and I kept trying to tell people I was like they're fooling you we're either getting these sacks in garbage time shout out Mario Addison um, or, <laughs> or we're just literally like, it's like, it was almost the case of every time we got pressure, we got a sack, which sounds good, but really like, I'd rather a team get, this is just making up numbers, a team get a dozen pressures and three sacks, than get five pressures and four sacks. And I felt like that was an issue for our defensive line for the past couple of years. So it's kind of good to see we we're almost like the opposite of that that game yeah no it was definitely a good game from them we pretty much had that this game where it was got we got all these pressures and we forced herbert to eventually throw a turnover which could have benefited pretty well if we (laughs) capitalized in the red zone like we should have but that didn't happen but we so we got three points out of it before halftime we'll get that in a second but you know anyway like you just said it's definitely good to see i don't know if they're did you see if they're running that that three man that three three five that they've been doing a lot i was trying to I, I always end up finding myself like rewatching the offense a lot more closely than I do the defense, but I don't. I, I, I feel like it, if they did it, it wasn't as prevalent. Maybe it's just because our defense wasn't getting torched, so I wasn't like, "What the hell are they doing out there to like make them look so bad?" So then I wasn't like looking for it. But I don't know. I, I feel like they they maybe they were doing it about the same. I I honestly don't remember. I like yeah, I was I'm watching really the like... offense like really hardcore, but. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing one play where they ran it, and it was just like I think Herbert just checked to a to a draw, and then yeah. Eckler got like eight yards, and I'm just like, we just can't keep giving them. I feel like we're just giving them five yards every single time we line up like that. But yeah. at any rate, uh, Jeremy Chin, like you just said, was impressive. He's looking really, really good. Yeah, his uh, his speed to the ball is just impressive. Every oh, single no. play, he is like. Somewhere in the vicinity getting up. Yeah. And like two weeks ago, I said it was too soon to start comparing them. But like, I think the Isaiah Simmons stuff, it's starting to like gain a little traction. Like people are saying like the how he's just meshing through all these different positions and like lining up in all these different places. People are saying like he's doing what everyone said Isaiah Simmons was going to do. Because right now with the Cardinals, they're so deep at linebacker that like he's either really not seeing the field. They're talking about having him play some safety. Like he really hasn't found his footing yet with the Cardinals. Um, Chin is literally just doing what like we thought Simmons would have been able to come in and do so like maybe those comparisons have a lot more traction than i originally expected because he's been incredible 
Yeah, no, he's been really good. I mean, honestly, he he's been basically what we would have wanted Isaiah Simmons to do. So right, right. So I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see how it plays out because I mean, Isaiah Simmons is three games into his career, as is Jeremy Chin. But um, if he can even be like a little bit of what we expected Isaiah Simmons to be, I'd say that's pretty great for the third guy we drafted in the draft. Yeah, like. One- one thing I want to look at with uh, Chin going forward is how he is like in pass coverage because I feel like he isn't all there yet. I'm getting only his third right. game, so not like a complete knock. <laughs> but I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, that, that'll be the look at that a little bit closer. Especially yeah. if, if we want to like know how uh, sustainable he is as a consistent hybrid. You know, we do need to see that pass coverage because if he's in on every tackle, that's amazing. But of course, like, I, I'm definitely going to start watching closer, especially as we get into some of these more pass happy teams like the Cardinals, um, just how just how much is like him being there in the tackle because maybe he gave up a reception, just how much is he shutting down guys and coverage, you know, like that's that's what gets important because I do think sometimes, especially with young players, people fool themselves into seeing these tackle numbers, seeing them in on every tackle, and not realizing that sometimes that happens because they're poor pass coverage. And Mm-hmm. I don't. I see no reason to think that'll be the case with him, but I definitely think that's something to keep an eye on to make sure that's not the case with him. Yeah, that was starting to happen a little bit last last year with uh, when we had Eric Reed and he was racking up tackles. I, yeah. I was a fan of Eric Reed, but like he was getting tackles for like the wrong reason. It was right. Like, right. He was, he was actually playing safety and having to be the last person to tackle the running back. Or he was getting beaten coverage. <laughs> yeah, and another good comparison of this, and these dudes were just straight up linebackers, so it's slightly different in what their roles are here. But two years ago, when Van Der Esch and Darius Leonard were those two really good safeties for the Colts and Cowboys, they were both rookies vying for defensive rookie of the year. Darius Leonard had all those tackle numbers, but it turned out a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was not good in pass coverage at all. And so then he just happened to be there to make the tackle when the time came. And so I definitely think people can get fooled a little bit when it comes to that. But um, once again, no reason to think that's the case with Chin. But like you said, it's just a point to think about if we're going to keep modernizing like his like improvements. For sure. Um, let's stay in the secondary. Uh, Dante Jackson, again, hey. with another interception this week. Um, yeah. Back-to-back weeks, shout-out to him. That was a pretty good play by him. He was kind of just sitting back, and he baited Herbert. I'm yeah. not sure. Well, Herbert kind of made it. It was kind of a bad pass, but yeah. either yeah, way, I mean, he took it. Took advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, the one thing you can say about Dante is when the quarterback makes like an awful decision, Dante will be there for the pick. Like Dante might mm-hmm. not be there when the receiver runs a good route and the quarterback makes a good throw. He might not be there <laughs> to make the tackle in open space ever. But when the quarterback just makes a terrible throw, you can guarantee he's going to be there for the pick and get a nice return. And we can take yeah. that as a backhanded compliment, but at the same time, like I guess it's nice to have a guy that can like take advantage of doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, his uh, his return was impressive because, like you yeah. were saying last week, man, that boy is fast. Like he, <laughs> he <laughs> just shoots gone. out of a cannon. Yeah, he was going. He got us in the great field position right before halftime, too. I think, and then I think we had one shot to get into the end zone, and we just checked it down. So. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go check on the play by play right now because I'm actually I have game pass up because I kind of I can't forget that wasn't the drive where Mike Davis had the touchdown right There's no way No No I think 
Well, I think Davis had the drive before that. Then we got the interception, and then we we kicked a field goal right before half. I think that's what happened. Yeah, we did. So, it was it was the pass. It was the pass to Robbie. I'm about to actually watch it again just now. Um, because yeah, that that return was great. I'm gonna see what happens here. Robbie blonde up bottom of the screen. Oh, I remember because I was I got really angry at this play. I was like, yeah, no, halftime, like, why'd you throw that to Robbie right there? I was pissed. Um, <laughs> it, it just makes no sense. Oh, because I, I even had a tweet about. It. I said you're playing with house money right there. You're like you're not supposed yeah. to have the ball there with eight seconds left because they should just have the ball. Like you need to take advantage of that and try to go for six. Um, I'm looking at like you know we, there was no one open open, but I mean there was room to. Ian Thomas was kind of just running across, oh, not across, like a slant, or I guess you can call it a post. I don't know if you really want to call it a post from the eight, but like he was right at the goalpost when Teddy threw it. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It was definitely so a missed what, opportunity for a chance there. Did we have routes like running into the end zone? Like was yes. it the play designed to score? Um, let's see. It lo- yeah, so Teddy was looking around. Like, Robbie wasn't just like, oh, first read. Um, Teddy was staring him down the whole way. We had Ian, mm-hmm. like, Ian was lined up beside uh, Little, and he just ran up. He kind of did a post. Um, and then we had, uh, who is that right there? I believe that's DJ. We had DJ just kind of running, like, I don't know. He just was kind of just ran into the end zone, I guess, was looking to find a soft spot in the zone. Um, even I'd say maybe that's Seth Roberts. I don't know. I can't really tell. Um, that might have been Seth Roberts. But anyway, yeah, we had routes into the end zone. I think Ian was definitely our best chance there because they had um, they had one high safety, and that safety was leaning a little bit more towards Seth Roberts on the left side of the field. Um, Ian was definitely open. That's basically what I'll say. There was a place mm-hmm. to get Ian the ball. Yeah. And, so and I, feel so like, I, I feel like either way you slice it up. And it was, it was back of the end zone too. So it's like you have the luxury, throw it high. You can throw it high. If yeah. you miss, so be it. You took the chance. But it's not going to get picked because they're back of the end zone. And so it, especially when you have your big tight end there. So it's very frustrating. This wasn't even the most frustrating like moment where we got a field goal this game uh, because Teddy didn't want to throw it to the end zone. But like it, this one like stood out the most, I think, to most people, just because of the fact that like we shouldn't have been there. So like, yeah. why are you throwing? Like, Robbie had no chance to run this ball in. It's not like he was on a wheel route and a dude like caught him from behind. He literally like ran, turned, and so like he wasn't getting the yak. Like he just wasn't. Yeah, it would have taken quite the effort. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, not too surprising. Uh, so yeah, I guess we can. That segues us into the talking about the offense more, I guess. Yeah, but. I was going to say, we can get to the offense now. Um, Mike Davis, impressive performance, kind of yeah. Capable runner and pass catcher. He led the yeah. team uh, in reception with eight. Um, I don't know if that's impressive or just <laughs> slightly I, sad on our end. I, don't I will say it's a little odd that Christian didn't lead. Christian really wasn't catching the ball like crazy those first two games. Yeah, uh, with Teddy, but then Mike Davis gets there, and then now Teddy's like, "Oh, I need to check it out even more." Like we upgraded from Christian. I don't know if that's like what Teddy was thinking or what. Are, but... are you are you starting the the Mike Davis dialogue? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> pe- people have been asking. Well, you know, Panthers are one and zero with Mike Davis starting running back. It is oh. true. Christian was like zero and ten <laughs> in his last ten starts. I mean, yeah. 
these are questions that need to be asked. But no, I thought I thought he looked good. I mean, he, he's he's getting the start for me in fantasy this week. <laughs> yeah, no, if he's catching like that out the backfield, I was kind of surprised they threw it that much to him. I was kind of thinking because going into last week, we we kind of heard the the whispers about Curtis getting run in the backfield. Yeah, I figured whenever it was a passing down or situation, they would probably just use him and Christian McCaffrey's in his place, but. They had Mike Davis out there pretty much almost, I'm not sure the stats, but it seemed like almost the whole game. Curtis did get burned in the backfield, but yeah, it just seemed kind of pointless to me. I don't know. Oh, it's Curtis lining up in the backfield is the most pointless thing ever. Like they're running him out there. Like he's like Jerome Bettis. Like, <laughs> like he, they're, they're trying to like have him like dig deep in the trenches. Like that's not Curtis's game at all. No. Um, like if, if you saw Curtis, if like, any of us saw Curtis in public. He's about our size mm-hmm. and height. Like, why in the world is he getting touches like that? Like, oh, Curtis, like, run through the A-gap. Like, why? Like, like yeah. just line him up out wide, have him could put a couple moves on somebody, and then have Teddy actually throw him the ball. Like, it's just so pointless. I hate it. I hate every second of it when he's lined up back there. Yeah, like, he is, like, a capable runner, and he is definitely, like, can be effective in the right scenarios like we've seen in the past you know go and throw him a jet sweep or whatever and he might take it a distance but yeah. this man doesn't be running no, no power eye like yeah, yeah <laughs> like <out> of- <laughs> I, I don't know if this is like a great comparison but it's like how people would joke that like lamar jackson's a running back like yeah, yeah like he literally probably could play running back for many teams but that doesn't mean he should because he's better at something else and it's like that with curtis can curtis physically run with the ball in his hands yes is, he, is that the best way to use him? No. <laughs> nope. Not at all. Uh, the other receivers also not too great of games from them. Um, I mean, week one, we had Robbie Shine. Last week, DJ kind of took the throne. D- Robbie was also playing well. Um, this week, both of them, DJ had only two receptions, 65 yards, two big ones, quote-unquote big ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Robbie had five receptions, 55 yards. So they definitely slowed down. I mean, uh, Los Angeles has you know a relatively decent secondary, so not the most shocking thing in the world, I would say. But yeah, no, their their secondary is pretty good, even with Derwin James out. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's it's hard for me to say off the top of my head like these receivers struggled. Like I'm I'm sure they weren't winning the same they're used to, like on the routes. But at the same time, like it comes down to like. How do you want to like gauge the balance between what's Teddy, what's on Teddy, and what's on the receivers? Right. I mean, like I we like we I just said Mike Davis had eight receptions. Mike Davis probably shouldn't have eight receptions, you know. Yeah, because he wasn't out there running routes. Like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like his receptions weren't because he was doing quick slants. He was doing whatever. He, he was the checkdown basically every reception that he had. Yeah. I mean, we can kind of just go ahead and segue into just talking about Teddy now, but the I know you, you probably saw the uh, his like passing chart or whatever, where yeah. he only threw the ball past ten yards four times, <laughs> completed two of those, both being the deep balls to DJ, which were yeah. pretty poor passes. So kind of lucky to even be completed in the first place. <laughs> Everything else was either to the sideline in the flats or directly in front of him in the middle of the field. So probably looking somewhere in that zero to 10 yard range, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like the weird thing with Teddy, every time he completes a pass that is deep, like I feel like we treat him like 
like I feel like he just gets so coddled. Like I saw people posting clips of that pass to DJ, like oh, and they're saying Teddy can't throw deep. Blah 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 blah. Like none of us have ever said he can't be accurate deep. Mm-hmm. First off, that's never been uttered at all. We just say he won't, and he doesn't right. have a strong arm. But like I don't know why people were hyping that throw up. Like he like maximized. Like I don't know why people were hyping that up. Like he maximized what could have came from that throw. You know what I mean? Like that no. probably is a touchdown or should be a touchdown for a good amount of quarterbacks. Or I, there's no way they looked at the film and said, we execute this play perfectly. That's the best way I'll say it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're Teddy watching that in the film room, you see that you had a touchdown right there. Like, yeah, yeah it prob- got completed, but right. Like it's better than it not getting completed at all. Like, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, for but sure. like, it, it's, that's not the play you want to use to say, like, oh, and, and they said, like, Teddy doesn't have a strong arm because that pretty much put on display the fact that he doesn't have a strong arm. Right. Um, the, play, the play they want to use is that, that toss from the Bears last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, pe- people forget about that throw. No one ever talks about that. <laughs> but no, like, yeah, so that's basically, like, it, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't want to sound insensitive, but like I just feel like whenever he does throw it deep and it gets completed, we're like treating him like he's like a make a wish kid. Yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's it's kind of it's really annoying too because, like you know, I want to be happy when he does it, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like you know, we got 25 yards. Then I yeah. just open up Twitter and everybody's like, look at his deep ball. Like it's like, okay, man, like. Should have been a touchdown, but whatever. Like, <laughs> right, right. They're, they're too concerned about what like people that don't really like Teddy think about everything Teddy does. Like, if you watch my tweets during the game, I'll be like, "Nice throw, Teddy." Whatever it is, like that back shoulder one to Teddy, uh, not to DJ in the Bucks game was a beautiful throw. Mm-hmm. Like that, that that's the case oh, yeah. where like it's okay for it to not be a touchdown because, but like this this one with DJ, like DJ was completely past him. Yeah. And so it's it, it, it's over. It's six. Yeah, and like it's not the end of the world because I will like the offense moves the ball with Teddy. Like the moving the ball's not an issue with the offense until we get to the red zone. Yeah. And I'm not one of those people and I it as football fans we all are guilty of this where it's like our team moves the ball up the field. They get into the red zone, they stall out, kick a field goal. We're, and we, we ask that dumb question like, well, if they moved up, if they moved the ball for the 60 yards so easily, why couldn't they do that the last 20 yards? Because it's not that simple because, the, you know, the field shortens in the red yeah, zone. So I, I get that it's more difficult. But, like, we are just stalling out, stalling out, stalling out every single time with Teddy, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, we're stalling out, and it looks like he just doesn't even want to attempt to test them on, on defense. Like, yeah, it's it's like both worlds at the moment. It, it's weird because they, they reach the point where the passes don't have to be deep throws. Um, mm-hmm. And what I think it comes down to is I say this all the time. Your ability to throw the ball far and your ability to have a strong arm are not one in the same. And I think we're seeing that that Teddy really doesn't trust his ability to throw the ball hard and mm-hmm. really fit it into the tight windows. Um it's that the play that really stood out to me the second time we kicked a field goal. And we talked about, about this a little before the show. Um, he drops back. Neither of them were likely his first read because I could tell from the end zone angle he really only glanced to the right side of the field. But Curtis basically just did it. He ran about eight yards, did a stop route about two yards, like right along the goal line. And then um, 
Robbie kind of put on a move and eventually was open in the back of the end zone. And like both of them were open. There were windows to throw both of them the ball, but you have to be confident you're going to throw the ball hard there. And uh-huh. I, I guess Teddy just does not trust that he can throw it hard. Like he was on the opposite hash when he would have had to make this throw to Curtis. He basically would have had to put it on Curtis's left shoulder. It could have split the two DBs that were even within the vicinity. And I guess he just doesn't trust he can do that. Yeah. It would be one thing if he was doing this like at some point during the game, but it's like it literally just this has never happened so far this year. So it kind of just like sounds like we're just like beating a dead horse, but it's like, dude, at some point you have to test the defense, right? Like we're and not going to new- win. Go ahead. No, no, no. Finish my bad. I would say like every week we're not going to go. We're not going to win games with five field goals and one touchdown. Like that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. if the if the Chargers were at any point in that game like competent on offense, like we would have lost. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. it was just and it'd be one thing. Like every case is different. Like you can have a game where your offense kicks five field goals and it's not the quarterback's fault at all. But like mm-hmm. what we're watching is he's just not trying to make these throws in the red zone. And so we're not beating a dead horse because there's new examples every time. Yeah. Like we're not just making these cliched statements like, oh haha, Teddy, weak arm, blah blah blah. Like we're just we're seeing it happen. And I I question sometimes if they're telling him like to play it safe. Like I question how much they're like really trusting him to like make these throws. Is that why some like one possession, I think our third field goal, they ran it like three straight times on like when we had goal to go or when we were like in the red zone. And so I'm just wondering, is it like a coaching staff thing as well? That's kind of uh, telling him to be careful or is it just strictly Teddy? Like, I don't trust myself. I'm going to take the check down. And the one that really, the thing that really bothered me with that throw, the one I was just talking about was it was a clean pocket. He had time to like manipulate around back there, try Mm -hmm. to manipulate a DB with his eyes, you know, whatever it may be, give someone a time, give Robbie a time to make a cut to be even more open, whatever the hell it is. The pocket was straight up clean. So I really hate that he bailed from it and went straight to Mike Davis before the pressure was even there. Yeah, it, it, I mean, like the way he's playing, it almost seems like, you know, rule is all in on the tank with us. <laughs> like, <laughs> am I wrong? Yeah, like I, I wonder if there's just some timer in his head where he tells himself, like, "Hey, like three Mississippi, I have to turn to my running back." Like, I, yeah. I, I, like three Mississippi, even like, is was he even looking for the fact that there's no pressure? Like, he almost made pressure for himself when he rolled to the left a little bit to throw it to Mike Davis. Yeah, I mean, that very well could be the case because our offensive line is so shaky. I mean, Greg Little was out there getting toasted all game. But I, I don't know. There's just certain situations where you just, you know, kind of the same case with that Ian Thomas thing we were talking about earlier. Like, if Robbie's in the back of the end zone, you can throw it high enough to where, like, it's a safe enough throw that it won't get picked off. Yeah, so. and like, like I don't want my quarterback being afraid of turnovers. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here saying I want my quarterback to throw 30 picks, but like I think as a quarterback, you cannot be afraid of turnovers at all. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily saying Teddy is like he he's already had a couple turnovers. He uh, he's had a, quite a few near turnovers, whatever. But like I think most of those are just because of bad throws. Um, I, I, I don't think like he's really like, I don't want Teddy to throw a pick in those situations, but you can't be afraid that it could happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, that's just, you know, the risk and reward, like 
there's a risk you'll throw a pick and there's the reward that you'll throw a touchdown and extend yeah. your lead. So, I mean, you know, do what you got to do. As we, I mean, we've been saying, you know, there's different types of quarterbacks and Teddy's in that line where he's like efficient. He's going to move the ball down the field. He's going to stay safe, which he did do this game. He had a couple, you know, there was he probably like to have back a couple that could have been intercepted. But at the end of the day, 22 for 28, 235, one touchdown. It looks beautiful on the stat sheet. But it's just when you look at it deeper, he's just not finishing or extending like he should be. Yeah, that, that's what she said. But um, <laughs> but but no, I agree. Like that, that that this game when I'm looking at it from the box score, like this just encapsulate and like that's not a good word at all. But like it just describes Teddy so much. Like these box score stats look so good, mm-hmm. and it's like. Why do I come out of it underwhelmed? And I don't yeah. want to just like make it seem like I'm picking on him. And I don't know, like for me, I personally prefer my quarterbacks a certain type of way. Some people literally, and I bet a lot of old school people maybe feel this way where they want their quarterback just to be like Teddy. That's not how I like, that's like not what I personally think is the best recipe for success long term or consistently. And so I just, I just come away so underwhelmed. Like I don't think it was the best game he played out of these three. Uh-huh. I think, I mean, personally, I mean, I'm in the same boat with you on how I want my quarterback to play. But I don't think playing like Teddy is a bad thing. But right. you have to score touchdowns. Like when we get to the red zone, it's not like Tom Brady is afraid to throw it to the end zone or Jimmy Garoppolo or any of those guys who play the same exact way, right? Yeah, was, that's the weird thing. Is it's like he should have no issue being efficient even in the red zone with how he plays. You would think it'd be the guys that kind of just are hefting it up filled constantly that might struggle when the field shrinks. Yeah. So it, it's almost odd to me that Teddy uh, struggles there, but I think it just comes down to at that point, he is efficient, but he seriously just doesn't trust his arm strength. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, I think it becomes more of a him thing than anything because he shouldn't have trouble still completing those short passes, but he just doesn't tr- – like. Since the field gets shortened, the windows in the margin of error gets a little bit smaller um, mm-hmm. because the DBs are a little higher up the field. It's like that case where Curtis was open. The safety had to choose between Robbie and Curtis, and I feel like Teddy just thought, probably felt the safety could have got to either either one yeah. when he threw the ball. And so at that point, I think it just like Teddy just has to get comfortable and confident letting it go in the red zone. Yeah, I mean that's really almost like the only thing missing from his game is like that arm strength, uh, red zone efficiency, and, you know, just testing the defense, taking a shot effectively. Other than that, like, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, he doesn't have Peyton Manning accuracy, Peyton Manning anticipation. He doesn't have uh, Michael Vick scrambling, whatever you mean. Like, he, so I'm not necessarily want to say he's a perfect quarterback outside of that, but he's mm-hmm. he's – capable outside of yeah. that like he's he's solid you could ask for some improvement you but he could certainly be much worse yeah i mean i think at the beginning of the season we both said that you know there is a you know a world where teddy is a, a winning quarterback on a team but absolutely this this isn't that team right no it, it's not yeah and i don't i don't and like if Teddy, like I, I keep saying this, the next thirteen games, if he comes out and plays like Dan Marino, I'm not going to like hold a grudge just because it's Teddy. But like I know that's not going to happen, and so I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see if he. I would if there's going to be any situation. The last thing we can say on Teddy, because you know we don't want to rag on him too much. If there's going to be any situation that Teddy could possibly be in in his career, 
where he's going to change his mindset and play a little bit more aggressively and trust himself a little bit more, it's going to be this situation. Yeah. The O-line is not perfect, but you have three receivers who are all fast. Like, DJ Moore is our slowest receiver. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, you know what all I, mean? Of these, like, I don't know what his 40 is, but all of these guys are at least yeah. four or five and under. Yeah. My favorite stat is Curtis Samuel's 40 time is closer to Tyreek Hills than it is to DJ Moore. That is how fast <laughs> Curtis is. DJ Moore is our slowest receiver, and he's our worst deep threat out of yeah. our three guys. And and so it's like, if DJ's your worst deep threat and he's your slowest receiver, think about how fast and how good of deep threats our other two are. Mm-hmm. So if there's going to be any situation where Teddy is going to like change, it's going to be the situation. I agree. Like it, it have to be the situation. Like at the end of the season, if it doesn't change at all, every team is going to know exactly what he is. No question marks because he got injured early in his career. He's mm-hmm. been through a lot. Whatever. Yep, it will be interesting to see how he goes forward. I mean, luckily enough for him, we play Arizona next. Um, our very own Kyle Allen showed out against Arizona last year. So I mean, hey. I'm holding him to high standards for this one. <laughs> you, you were joking about it. You're like, people are like t- hyping up these Teddy games. You can find box score, like screenshots of Kyle Allen, like looking like the next Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, I, like, have, uh, I have the Arizona game from last year. Pull it up. 19 of 26, 261 yards, four touchdowns. We gave up on that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we gave what? up on that for Teddy. Wow. I'd be kidding me. <laughs> but uh, I guess we can move on. Are we done with Teddy? Oh, I've been done with Teddy, but no, <laughs> no, no, we can move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's just go around the division real quick. See what those guys are doing. Packers um, be the Saints 37 to 30. I put 20, yeah. but I think that's wrong. It's, yeah, it's, it's 30. Yeah, oh. 37 to 30. Oh, wait. Did they win by? No, they won by 10. 37, 27. Oh, I don't know what I was doing. Okay, I, I knew that was wrong I, when I looked at. Because <laughs> I remember they had the Saints finish with the ball in their hands, down two possessions, mm-hmm. and Breeze was just seven yard pass to Kamara, seven yard pass to Kamara. Great for my oh, fantasy team, which features Alvin Kamara. But good lord, Drew Breeze has to be the biggest coward alive. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I have secondhand embarrassment from watching him. It's bad. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to. I think I fell asleep in like the second half or something like that. I'm getting old. I, for, I forget like, you're an old man. Yeah, I'm getting up there. <laughs> Dude, these games they start at eight o'clock. I'm like, there's no chance. I'm done. Are you Are you gonna be able to make it through the whole finals game tonight? <sighs> this one's a. This is an eight start or seven thirty. Nine. I mean, I, I think I. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, you might just have to wake it's... up and see what. Po- Prime LeBron has to say about yeah. it in the morning. But. Yeah, right. Prime, at Prime LeBron, just let me know, man. How, <laughs> especially what he did a few years ago. Um, anyways, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm done. Rodgers, dude. He's the Rodgers. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been saying this every single week. No need to even say it again. Dude, I need him to win the MVP <laughs> over Russell Wilson. Like, I need him or Josh Allen to just go out of their minds. Because Russ. I I can't not be able to use that zero MVP votes meme anymore. Dude, I don't think you will be able to. Russ has been on fire. Dude, it's... I I give him I give his receivers all the credit. I don't care. <laughs> I'm a hater. I know. I know I'm a Russ hater. I don't like the guy. But <laughs> I'm it's giving his receivers because y'all are NC State boys. Yeah. Well, I I'd much rather have Jacoby Brissett. Not. <laughs> 
Ryan Finley, give me him over Russ any day of the week. <laughs> Dude, Russ is something that's like all his like you you've been always say this, like all his receivers are just Randy Moss. <laughs> they just like chucks it up and they come down with it. It's crazy. Russ puts incredible touch on his passes. So like it's not even a backhanded compliment when I'm complimenting his receivers. Like someone got really mad when I tweeted that joke a few weeks ago. Like he was calling me like a dumbass. Like he was very upset. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and it wasn't the like the we everyone knows the Russell Wilson guy. Yeah. Like he, he probably has like he yeah everyone knows that guy. It wasn't even him. He was so mad at me though. But like Russ puts incredible touch in these passes. But these receivers just go up. Like Randy Moss, like Megatron. I don't know who. Like Steve Smith. It's it's ridiculous. They're literally but, always winning their battles. It's insane. Yeah, it, but um. Anyways, um. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, amazing. Ne- hopefully, he wins MVP. Uh, Atlanta, they are who we thought they were. As every week, they outdo themselves. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's incredible. Like because they're always playing while like the either the Patriots or Panthers are playing. So I'm always just kind of keeping an eye on it on red zone. And every week they get that big lead, they just creep back creep back i'm like surely not again it happens again i don't know if you saw this um <laughs> the funniest thing about this to me um so you obviously you know like bressi right in our group chat italian, yeah, yeah. italian fella he's, he's from he's from italy he he was Great like guy. when this was happening he was like is Atlanta allowed to do this because like he just didn't <laughs> like he just didn't understand <laughs> what was going on <laughs> he was asking if there's a penalty for like Atlanta losing games like this. It's so <laughs> bad. I can't even believe what they're doing. Like yeah, like they're 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 setting these insane stat records. Like there was this stat where like they were that's one in four hundred and forty. Like the the loss to uh <laughs> Dallas. This next one was like they're the first team ever in NFL history to blow two like fourth quarter leads of 15 or more in the same season. And they did it in back-to-back weeks. It's ridiculous. It was, I remember seeing the thing. It was like Atlanta has like a 99% chance to win again. And then they blew it. Like, <laughs> like, like it, and it hasn't even just been a thing. That's like, was a super bowl thing. They blew like a 17 point lead to like Colin Kaepernick in the playoffs in like 2012. Mm-hmm. They blew a couple years back the year after the super bowl. They blew a 17 zero lead to, Miami Jay Cutler. Like like they're not new to blowing leads. It wasn't even just a Super Bowl thing. It's just a franchise thing. It's bad over there. I'm glad it's not us, but it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see. Tampa Bay twenty eight, Denver ten. I took care of business. Yeah, they didn't realize that game was even happening, but <laughs> their their game. defense was like amazing. Yeah. Their defense is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mean, but yeah, we, we witnessed it firsthand. They shut CMC down for the fifth straight time, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, they, and uh, Mike Evans, sidebar, kind of basically just been turned into a fullback. Um, oh. Mike, in, in the games Chris Godwin has played, so not the game against us, the other two, his stats, and I'm, oh, I'm going to pull it up real quick because I want to be 100% sure before like I put this out into the world, but I'm pretty sure – his stats are like three catches for four yards and three touchdowns. Mike Evans and the two and the two games without, like while Chris Godwin also saw the field. Um, it's 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 just been hilarious. I think the game against New Orleans, he had like some weird like catch thing like that. Um, 
My internet's my laptop's taking for overload, but yeah, I'm pretty sure Sunday he had two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. So he's basically a fullback now. Well, it's kind of interesting because I kind of figured that Godwin would be Brady's go-to because he runs more routes that Brady can cater to, and I was yeah. I felt like Mike Evans would kind of be the afterthought. So interesting to see. I'm not it's kinda, yeah, like he, Godwin's probably going to be. I think he's missing this game, right? Maybe coming back the week yeah. afterwards, but he's injured again. Um, yeah, Mike Mike Evans, two catches, two yards, two touchdowns. Like mm. that's just hilarious. Yeah, no, that's something. Uh, what else we got? Cam, he didn't play that well, but no, that's not handled Vegas, who beat New Orleans and us. So, so that that was good to see. Like, I'm confident now that New England can at least be the third best team in the AFC. Um, yeah. You know, may, maybe the Bills are better this year. I don't know. But at worst, they got to be fourth. They're better than every AFC South team. They just showed they're better than the Raiders, who had gotten off to a good start. It was nice to see that Cam didn't have to play like Cam to win so handily. When's the last time the Panthers won by two scores with Cam, where Cam played like, we were like, oh, like, was Cam yeah. okay today? Like, I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, and I really I can't. The only time I can think of, and he didn't even play bad this game, it was just because we had two pick sixes. When we beat Atlanta, with the division on the line, in like 2014, we beat Atlanta like 34-3. to mm-hmm. um, You remember that like last game of the season or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Like the Ron Rivera gif, everyone knows that. Um, oh yeah, he's putting the thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, Cam only threw the ball 16 times that game. That was Cam's career low in pass yards that game. He had 116 pass yards. He was like 10 for 16. Had a pass touchdown and like a receiving touchdown. To be fair to Cam, Kelvin Benjamin dropped like a 50-yard touchdown that game. But Mm -hmm. um, as expected. But like anyway, back to my point. Like I can't remember the last time the Panthers won so handily where Cam like played meh, like very below average. Like Cam wasn't just god-awful, but his decision-making was not good in the first half even aside from the pick. And now he had a couple big moments in the second half. He had one or two laser beam throws. He had the huge run that sealed the game while they were up 10 and he could have got sacked like out of field goal range. And so like, I don't want to say he played awful, but like he played, it was probably the worst healthy game I've seen from him since that game in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, that last game of the season before the playoffs against New Orleans. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but it was fun, just kind of funny seeing them just rack up points and him not really doing a whole lot. And then meanwhile, yeah. I'm looking at like Teddy's box score, and then we're just no points at all. Yeah, kind of funny. It's also getting annoying. It's getting really annoying to me when I hop on Twitter and then people are like, "Teddy Bridgewater's passer rating versus Cam Newton so far through three games," and it's like, bro, like, like you know, we all love Cam, and you know, we're not, we haven't fully let him go for sure, but like. Can we can we not do that? You know. Yeah, and and the funny <laughs> thing is, is like I see like a couple Panthers pages doing this because like like Teddy does have a higher QBR right now, but I don't think these people understand that like doing that puts even bigger target on Teddy's back. Like if you yeah. want like you're like oh support our QB like let Cam go. We don't need to be mean to Teddy at Cam's expense. Blah blah blah. The more you try to like. Like, oh, well, actually, Teddy's doing this better than Cam right now. The more you're putting the target on Teddy's back for him to just get roasted. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you just, like, shut up and didn't bring up Cam or any or try to do any comparison or, like, use fake stats like completion percentage, <laughs> like, no, nobody would, like, be yeah, hating on Teddy's no one would care. Right. 
funny. Uh, what else is going on? Um, Tank Watch, man. Ooh, How it's are, getting interesting. It is really interesting. Let me hang on. Let me pull up these zero and three teams because we got a good not, handful. Not, some people, I, I do want to say, some of these zero and three teams, people are getting a little too paranoid and worried about. Like, yeah. there's never been. Has there ever been a time in NFL history where more than two teams lost lost less than two games? I don't think so. I couldn't tell you, but I would say no. And I don't anticipate it happening again. Like people no. are getting worried that the Falcons are going to get Trevor Lawrence, so that's not gonna, going to happen. Yeah, I was going. It was yeah, it was kind of funny because I posted that I was doing. I've been doing like the weekly like mock look or whatever. Yeah, and I posted it, and all these Falcons fans are like, "Damn, we really this sorry, huh?" I'm like, "Bro, y'all are not going to be that bad. Like, please relax." No, like I mean, to be completely honest, they're not out of the division race. Like, no. yeah, no. They're, they're not going to win the division, I don't think. But like, the Falcons are not going to go zero and sixteen. They're not going to go two and fourteen. Like Matt Ryan would have to get hurt for that to happen. Like they, I feel like they're always good to beat the Saints once a year. Like no matter how bad they are, they're going to come to play against the Saints. They always Dan Quinn owns the Fal- the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Like the Falcons just aren't going to be that bad. People are worried about the Vikings. Vikings aren't good. They're not going to be that bad. Um. Yeah, you want to? We can do like a little like who's a fraud and who's not, you know? Like a like a fraud bad team or a fraud good team. The fraud bad teams. Like the Falcons are a fraud bad team. Yeah, so like Falcons are first, zero and through three. They're going to be okay. Giants zero and three. They might actually be bad. They're legit, but I I I promise they will not give up on Danny Danny Dimes mm-hmm. after two years. Even if, like okay, if they get the one pick, it'd be hard to turn down Trevor. But like. I will get a tattoo of Daniel Jones on my like butt cheek if <laughs> if they get the number one pick and just straight up draft Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I couldn't see it happening. Uh, I'm not Min- worried about it. Minnesota and three, they won't be that bad at the end of the season, and I also don't think they would take a quarterback. Kirk's extension kicks in next year. He's still on the last year of the original deal he signed with them. Mm. They're not drafting Trevor Lawrence. Unless they find somehow find a trade suitor, Denver zero and three. That kind of depends on Drew Locke. Um, that, they also probably won't take a quarterback. It's possible though. Um, I like Drew Locke. Cool guy. Kind of my twin. Not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> I like the guy a lot because he looks like me. But um, if he just is like hurt or he comes back and it's just meh, and they truly do end up like the number one pick, I think they would draft Trevor. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like, I don't know if they draft Fields or Lance over Locke. It really just depends because I don't think anyone thought Denver would even be in this conversation. I had them as a sleeper playoff team. Same. Yeah. And the, like they kind of blew it week one. They probably should have won that game. Now Drew Locke's hurt. And so I feel like things have just kind of, life has came at them very fast. Yeah. Von Miller's out. It's a whole thing. Um, Let's see. Jets. This is probably the big one. Yes. They will draft Trevor Lawrence. Neither of us dislike Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. I I think he shows flashes. I see no reason he can't be like a solid starter in the league. But they've like destroyed that man's career. Yeah. And they're, like they're gonna draft Trevor because Sam will be going into his fourth year. That'll be getting close to like talking extension, things like that. If you can start over with Trevor Lawrence, I think you'll I think you just do it. Yeah. But also it would be like the biggest Jets thing in the world not to take him. Now that's a point. They'll be like, okay, we'll finally help Darnold like left tackle yeah. first overall. <laughs> uh, then last one, Miami. I guess there's two more. No. Yeah. We, 
Miami's not taking a quarterback. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, it's actually Houston, but Miami has their pick, so irrelevant. Okay, Houston, they're obviously a fraud 0-3 team. They played th- <laughs> They've played three of the top five teams in the AFC. Yeah. Steelers, Ravens, Chiefs, um, which is, is legitimately is three of the top five. Mm-hmm. And All three teams. They don't have a – they have not had a division game yet. Um, I will say Titans and Colts looking pretty solid. Yeah. Defense is still – like, so, honestly, AFC South might be a little better than we thought. Like, Titans uh, – Texans could realistically come in third. But mm-hmm. – the Texans obviously are not drafting a quarterback. Yeah, I had kind of written off the Colts, so definitely seeing their defense play. Now, they did play the Jets, but back-to-back weeks, I don't remember who they played last week, but they also had a huge game last week as well. But It was, it was Jaguars and Jets. Yeah, okay, so two not good teams, but that's hella confidence. Colts' defense is number one in a def, uh, DVOA, mm. and Bucks is number two. I'm not surprised because the Colts' defense kicked my ass in fantasy this week. Moving on. I, <laughs> <laughs> Philly and Cincinnati, 0-2-1. I think Philly is not going to be that bad. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be that bad. Mayday. It's kind of mayday over there right now, but I think yeah. they'll be okay. They won't be good enough to get Lawrence. Now, we can always have the discussion, like, who's in the Fields-Lance range, and I think that's a lot of teams. It really just depends on how the rest of the year plays out. But I think right now we can almost just tell, like, who is actually in Trevor Lawrence range and who would actually draft him if they had the opportunity. For sure. Um, All right. I think that's about it. Uh, We got to go into Arizona. Damn, we have about an hour. Okay, so Sunday – as we said, Arizona coming up. Um, Cardinals come off a loss to the Lions. Close loss. Kyler threw three picks. Not like yeah. him. Maybe can't see over that O-line. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, last year, we, we handled our business. As I said, Kyle Allen showed out. CMC also had like 150 on the ground. Uh, do we think Teddy and Mike Davis do the same thing? Or what's, what's up? They they probably do the same thing. I'm, I'm not I'm – not, going to predict that we're going to like be some explosive vertical offense until I physically see it happen. Mm-hmm. I can see Mike Davis getting a lot of touches again because they probably think it worked out pretty effectively for him. Um, with the Cardinals, this weirdly enough, this is another game I really could see as winning because the Cardinals are a good young team. I think they can make the playoffs this year, yeah. but like when you're a good young team, like the Cardinals, like losses just happen. Like I, I predicted we do a little prediction thing in my apartment. Me and my roommate, we have like a big whiteboard. Yeah, and we predict. Oh, yeah, I did tell you this. I predicted Detroit to win. It mm. just seemed like the game Arizona was going to lose because when you're a good young team, you have a good young QB like Kyler. You overlook teams. You you either you overlook teams or maybe your your youth just shows. Like they beat the Niners. But yeah. like it didn't surprise me at all to see them beat the Lions. And mm-hmm. so I really don't know how this game's going to go, to be completely honest, especially if our defense looks anything like last week but but i do think kyler probably has a bounce back week and i think he really is looking forward to trying to really push the ball up the field against our guys yeah um this was uh i think at the beginning i predicted this to be like a pretty bad loss for us i think now that detroit beat them i think even more so that's going to be true i think they're going to have a lot to prove this week to show that they actually are a legit playoff team Kyler's probably furious after throwing three picks. I'm not sure we can contain him in the air or on the ground. Um, 
that cannon he has is not ideal for a team like us. <clears throat> and he has wheels. So Burns is going to be busy chasing that man around. Honestly, it'll be interesting to see if like Jeremy Chin, who plays a lot in the box, that might be him all day. He might just be spying on Kyler all day long. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. Um because I mean, Kyler is quick, man, and he does those little stutter step moves mm-hmm. that you did when you were like seven years old in flag football. <laughs> yeah. and he's still about the height of a seven-year-old, so like he probably just hasn't grown out of that phase yet. But like he does these little stutters, and he's like so quick. He's probably no, not even probably. Actually, no. He's at worst the fourth best running quarterback in the league. Maybe the third, depending on how you view him and Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. He's Fair. like. Like we like I I didn't anticipate his running carrying over this much at all when he came to the NFL. I knew he was a freak athlete and all that, but I did not anticipate this at all. Like he's running the ball with ease and he's not taking hits. He's being so smart about it. Like eighty percent of his runs are either touchdowns or running out of bounds or whatever. So yeah, he's I don't know. like crossing dudes up too. It's insane. He's putting guys on skates. Yeah. So, I mean, it really depends on our pass rush. I think that's going to be the key. If, if we don't get any pass rush again, Kyler will pick us apart up the field because he has an arm and he's not afraid to use it. Mm-hmm. Even if sometimes it gets him into trouble, he is not afraid to just throw the ball wherever. Yeah. Um, this is probably going to be our, like our first real quarterback test, you know? Like yeah, because... actually going to test the defense. Like, Herbert yeah. was not afraid to do it, but, you know, again, a rookie, inexperienced. Kyler has a year under his belt, and he is slinging it willy-nilly. Yeah, I, I care more about how our defense does against Kyler than I cared about how it did against Brady. Bucks, we didn't do awful against the Bucks, mm-hmm. but, like, in terms of just looking forward towards the future, what we're trying to build our defense to do, Kyler is a lot more like these young quarterbacks nowadays than Brady. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'll am i be really interested to see how we handle Kyler yeah. and if we can confuse him at all. Because I, I do think we got to Herbert at times. Like, we got to his youth. I just wonder if we'll be able to do the same. Yeah, us with Arizona. Us and Arizona has kind of low-key been a little rivalry, too, over the years. And yeah. I think, you know, we get back up there, like, even in the future, it could be it could be that again. So this could be, like, the first little new era Panthers cards, little rivalry. So cool to yeah. see. I um, mean – Eventually, like the Fields Murray rivalry, that's gonna be huge in the NFC. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, keys to win. Let's see, what do we got? Pass rush is my number one. Mm-hmm. With for me right now, where I'm at with the offense is, I just feel like I know what's going to happen. We're going to move the ball. We we're either like we're just not going to just score seven touchdowns. I feel like I have an idea of what the offense is going to be like regardless of who we play. So for me, I'm looking at the defense pass rush is my first, my number one key to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the same. I'm going to have pass rush containing Kyler. I'll throw in converting in the red zone. If we can convert yeah. in the red zone, not give them you know, short fields and not put up three points against whatever they're going to do, then we can have a chance to win. Sounds pretty yeah. obvious, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, more often than not, the like the keys to win end up like sounding obvious, but it's still things that's like worth talking about. Yeah, exactly. Because because then it like, gives me like something to really focus on while mm-hmm. I'm watching. It's like um, uh, you score the most points and you're going to win, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. cover the red zone. All right, uh, final predictions, and we'll call it a day. Uh, I'll go Arizona. 
28 Arizona. Actually, I take it back. 28 would require us to have four touchdowns, no <laughs> field, no field goals. Mm, I'll yeah. say 34. I'll say 31 to 30 Arizona. All right, sounds good. Um, go ahead and wrap this up. That was uh, Weekend at Hernie's episode five. Um, I'm Stephen Sears. That's Chase Pletcher. As always, follow us on Twitter at Steve's Tweets underscore and at Chase Pletcher four. Uh, and we'll catch you all next week. Peace. Yep.